Alright guys, welcome back to another Smack Talk Live. I'm Dennis Furrow, and in a second you will hear Tony Colombo in this week's version of the 10s. That's our top 10 list where we each have our top 10s. We don't talk about it, we don't know what each other's lists look like, and then we discuss it. This week we're talking about the greatest debuts, and we keep it around WWF, WWE, uh, WCW, ECW kind of era. Uh, modern day stuff so you'll hear what Tony and I have to think are our our personal top tens of that category I just want to say for a second please 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 if you get a chance head over to Facebook like our brand new Facebook page Mac talk live uh, we're trying to grow it we're part of the VOC network which is a pretty cool network we have some pretty cool stuff coming down the pipelines that we can't really announce now, but uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell, and uh, Tony will tell his at the end of the podcast. But, you know, do us a favor. Head over, download. If you like this, tell your friends. Uh, that's how we grow, and uh, the numbers each week have been growing. Thank you guys so much for helping us build a fun community. It's now time for the 10s. Tony Colombo, this week we are doing the greatest wrestling debuts, uh, in our opinion, by the way. Uh, and I'll be honest, my my list doesn't date back too far. I, I kind of stayed within the last 30 years of wrestling. I don't know about you. I, I did the same. I did the same, not intentionally, but as I was putting this list together, there were... Two things that sort of came up um, just internally that I wanted to stick to, and that was I wanted to have, at least in some capacity, experienced this, th this moment or this, this person or this debut uh, myself, and also, and you may do, you may go, you may have gone about this differently, and I'll be interested to see. I didn't do any debuts that, um, at the time, were an unknown. So, like for example, um, somebody huge like the Undertaker, the Undertaker debuting at Survivor Series. I didn't put that on there because. Nobody knew that The Undertaker was going to be The Undertaker. So it wasn't like this big, oh, my God, this person's here. You know, this, oh, this isn't, this is crazy. This is happening. Um, I didn't do that. I left those off. And I made, and so my list is more of a, a when, when this moment happened, it was a big deal. So that's how I looked at it. Did how, did you put any stipulations on it, or did you, how did you go about? What was your process of putting this together? I went the same, almost exact way you did. I did not put any unknowns on there. Uh, at least I tried not to. And I, in my list, if I didn't witness it live, but I've watched it a million times, I penalized it on my list. Ah, okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, yeah. So I bet, as usual, um, we have some of the same. And we should, you know, remind everybody that when Dennis and I do these lists, we do not talk about them at all ahead of time. So 
it's not like you're getting a top 10 list of what we've decided. You're getting my top 10 and Dennis's top 10, and there's a very good chance that we'll have some of the same names on the list, maybe in, in different spots. But we, we don't do any we don't do any discussing of our lists with each other before or after we get them done. And because Tony, you have home field advantage, you get the first number ten. All right, my for I, I, you know what I'm glad I'm going first because I I put this down just as a way to get things started because this was sort of the inspiration for this list was the fact that Samoa Joe just made his long-awaited debut on Raw a couple of weeks ago, and that's what sort of got us talking about doing a, a best debuts list. And so I thought it fitting that since that was the inspiration behind this list, I would start my list at number 10 with Samoa Joe debuting on Monday Night Raw as Triple H's destroyer, his paid assassin to to take out <laughs> in kayfabe take out Seth Rollins, but unfortunately also actually injuring Seth Rollins at, at, in his debut. But um, certainly made an impact. Probably not something that would stay on this list or have a, a lasting top 10 all-time debut uh, momentum, but since it was the inspiration to this particular episode, that's what I wanted to start with. So Samoa Joe is my number 10. Samoa Joe debuting finally on Raw. That's cute, Tony. Very cute. I I, I, I commend you on that pick, Dad. Well, hang on. You're cute. There you go. <laughs> Golf clap. Thank you for the slow clap. Yes, thank you for the slow, sarcastic clap. My, All right, show me how it's done. My number 10, which was penalized because I did not watch this live. I was a WCW guy at the time. I did not watch WWF or WWE. I, I came late to the Attitude Era. I'll be honest with you guys. But he was one of my favorites. In 1999, Tony something very special started happening. There was a countdown clock. And for weeks it would tick away on the Titan Tron. And finally, one special night. I don't know if you remember, August 9th, 1999, when that clock hit zero with The Rock standing in the middle of the ring. The Rock was standing in the middle of the ring, unbeknownst to him that the countdown clock was about to expire. Someone had a Y2J problem. <laughs> that's right. That's my, and, and, and self-admittedly, if I would have watched this live, it would have been top two. But I, 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 I think I didn't see that because growing up, we didn't have YouTube and the extensive videos, even in 99. So I, I don't think I didn't see that until 2001, 2002. Right. I, yeah. I, I, you're not going to get any argument from me on that one because I loved that moment. Um, that was huge. That was a big deal. And to do it in front of The Rock, to cut off The Rock in 1999 when The Rock was God, uh, it was an amazing moment. What's your number nine, Tony? My number nine 
Um, again, I'm going to go more recent uh, as my list gets, it's not, so it's not intentionally like this, but my list is uh, relatively in chronological order. Um, uh, but again, not on purpose, but maybe just because the newer things, uh, don't have that, that big impact or, or memorable. They are not memorable yet because they haven't had time to be, but my number nine is Finn Balor making his debut on the main roster just last year after being drafted to Raw straight from NXT. And on his very first night, he pins Rusev uh, in a fatal four-way and then pins and then clean puts beats clean in the middle of the ring, Roman Reigns, to become the number one contender and then, of course, go on to beat uh, Seth Rollins to become the first ever universal champion. And I'm a huge Finn Balor fan. And for him to walk in and have that impact on day one, for them to, to put him over as strong as they did, um, I thought was a, a, a pretty big, uh, sent a pretty big message. So my number nine is Finn Balor. See, I wanted to put that on my list. And I went back and forth, but I felt like it was too new for me, Tony. Too new. Yeah, I uh, have some new ones. I have some more recent ones on here, so I, we'll we'll get to them as we go. What's your number nine? September fourth, nineteen ninety five. Eight days after appearing in SummerSlam, and only one night taken away from WWF in your house show in New Brunswick. One guy made the trip to the very first WCW Nitro in shocking fashion. Lex Luger who nobody knew his contract oh. was up, pops up on the very first Nitro just one day after appearing at a WWF pay-per-view. Nice. Good one. Thank you. Good one. I didn't even, that one didn't even cross, I didn't even get that one on my notes. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. So far, your so far your list is better than mine. My number eight Again, it's early. Don't penalize me for these early for being so new. It gets better as we go. But again, a guy who walked in from NXT and made a huge impact on his very first day. And I wish people would remember this version of Kevin Owens other than the coward champion that can't beat anybody or any can't win anything uh, these days. When he debuted, he answered a John Cena open challenge, walked out the NXT champion, first time anybody had seen him on the main roster for debuting uh, you know, on Monday Night Raw, and left John Cena laying in the ring and then, of course, a couple of weeks later, he beat him on pay-per-view. Um, but uh, fight Owens' fight used to be a force to be reckoned with. And that was a really cool moment. That was in May of 2015. And so my number eight is Kevin Owens making his debut on Raw. I'm going to tell you I'm a little jealous because that one didn't cross my mind. And, and I'm kind of mad now. Um I sold it, didn't I? I put it over. You did. I, I liked it. Uh, my number eight, shortly after Shane McMahon bought the 
WCW and you, you kind of saw the invasion ch- uh, angle, it, it mm-hmm. kind of started to, to putter out. And then all of a sudden, there are these clips of The Undertaker's wife being shown on the screen, doing everyday stuff, like she's being stalked. I don't know if you know where this is going. Then came the time. I do. And, and I'm jealous again because I didn't think of this. It's a good one. Then came the time, June 18, 2001, on an episode of Raw's War. The Undertaker's music hits. You hear the motorcycle. This guy with a mask starts riding down to the ring, and you're like, who, who is this guy? Stands in the middle of the ring, finally pulls off the mask, and it's Diamond Dallas Page. In a WWE <laughs> ring. What is happening? Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's a good one. I'm a huge, I'm a huge DDP. Now here, this is the only reason that I would would penalize that debut to me is that it was during the like you just mentioned the American badass version of the Undertaker, which was terrible, the ter- the worst Undertaker there's ever been. And I like my DDP as being a hero, not a stalker, but doesn't take away there's nothing you can do to not mark out when you see ddp for the first time in a wwe ring Mm -hmm. so points for that for sure thank you okay um my number seven now we're gonna start going back in time a little bit uh happened in january of 2000 um so with that, so this would have been, yeah, this would have been pre-buyout. So these guys would have, these guys would have been making their their move from one company to the other. Mm-hmm. January of two thousand, nobody, no intro, no nobody knew anything was happening. No, no, no promos of uh, uh, somebody debuting or something happening or the a new group. They show in the front row during a raw episode four men sitting in the front row love it dean malenko I love it. eddie guerrero perry saturn and chris benoit just appear to four wcw wrestlers just sit in front row watching a monday night raw and when my favorite Tag team of all time, probably my favorite tag team of all time. The New Age Outlaws were in the ring having a match. Road Dog gets knocked into the crowd, and all of a sudden, those four guys are brawling with Road Dog, and then they get in the ring and lay waste to everybody. And Jim Ross at that time called them the Radicals. And that was their name for a while there. And they tore it up. And those four guys are each one in their own level, just awesome wrestlers. And it was amazing to see four WCW guys sitting front row at a WWE show and then getting in the ring and having such impact. And, and so that's my number seven. And people, the, rad, the whole group, the radicals. And people forget the first five-star fo- uh, frog splash from Eddie Guerrero hurt his arm. Oh, yeah? You know, it was – I actually, as I was doing this list, I I watched the clip, that clip of, of them getting in the ring and his five-star. 
he, it wasn't perfect. He, he, I think, uh, he overextended it. Mm -hmm. He, he tried to jump too far. Whoever it was, either, it was either Road Dog or Billy Gunn that he hit with the five star. It was too far away. He was too far away and he really had to stretch out and it, it looked awkward. So that doesn't surprise me that he hurt himself. I didn't realize that, but now that you say that, it makes sense. That was one of the ones. And if it would have made my list, it would have made my list right here. But I had to bump it for my number eight. Okay. Or is that, are we yep. seven? Seven or eight? Seven. You're number seven. My number seven. I, I had to bump this. I, that would have been my number seven, but I bumped it because on September 9th, 1991, something unheard of happened. Well, before that, you had Bobby the Brain Heaton taunting a a then super face WWF champion, Hulk Hogan, about how the real world champion is about to come and face you. Then, on, what was it, uh, September 9th, 1991, on primetime wrestling, Bobby the Brain Heaton shows up with the NWA championship belt. Mm -hmm. The big who, gold belt. And guess who was right behind them? Ric Flair. The nature boy. The nature boy. And one of the most historic moments, actually, because you had the, the WCW NWA title belt on WWF TV, which brought into litigation at that time. So there you go. This So far, this is, this is working out too perfectly because... You didn't have Kevin Owens. I didn't have uh, Lex Luger. Uh, I didn't have DDP. Um, you didn't have the Radicals. And I was going to put the Ric Flair, but that probably finished 11th. It just missed out on my list only because of what we talked about earlier. And I just didn't experience that. I don't. I. I didn't know that happened until I until you know years later when you read when you start reading the history of wrestling mm -hmm. and how people came over. So I knew that it, I knew that it happened before this list, but I didn't know it happened, you know, any time around then when it, when it did happen. So it just had no impact on me. And for that reason, I didn't put it on the list, but certainly worthy and a great pick. Uh, my number six, coming back to more recent times, um, a female, my own, the only, the only women's wrestler on my list um, once again, a champion from NXT showing up on the main roster. Uh, huge fan of Paige. I hope that the things get better with her in the WWE, or or even if it's not the WWE, I hope we get to see Paige wrestle and and work somewhere sometime soon. But the night after WrestleMania in 2014, she's the NXT Women's Champion. She shows up for the first time ever on the main roster to congratulate, in quotes, A.J. Lee and, uh, on her big win the night before at WrestleMania. A.J. doesn't take kindly to Paige coming out, challenges her to a Divas title match, and, and loses to Paige. And Paige, on her first day in the WWE, on the WWE main roster, wins the Divas Championship while also being the NXT Women's Champion. Uh, pretty cool stuff. So that's my number six. My number six, I think I'm going to stick with the NXT theme. Uh, you know, 
back in the day when CM Punk was in the ring wrestling and John Cena were facing each other, brutal attack happened. The One of the could have been the greatest angles that they just poo-pooed away when Wade Barrett and his group of NXTers come out there and lay waste to everybody, even Justin Roberts. I think there was an incident where... They had to cut it off TV because they did something with just that. They like hung them by the tie or something. Uh, destroyed desks and everything. Laid waste to Luke Gallows, uh, CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just just Jerry Lawler. It was it was one of the coolest moments on TV. If you have a chance to go back and watch this again, it was it was great. And that for in two thousand ten, June. Episode of Raw. Go back and watch it. I think it, I think that that tie incident with Justin Roberts was Daniel Bryan, and I think he yep. got fired or suspended for it. He did. Yes, you're yeah. right. And then they ended obviously ended up bringing him back, but he almost Daniel Bryan was almost never Daniel Bryan because of that instance, uh, that that uh, mm-hmm. that moment. But yeah, no, great one. And again, this has worked out perfectly because that was one that was in my notes but didn't make the list but certainly deserves to be on the list. So I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about it. All right, this is my number five, and this is the last, just a little spoiler here, a little look ahead. This is the last one of my entries that is from recent times. Oh, thank from God. Here on, after this, from here on out, it's, we're, going, we, we're going back in time a little ways. Um, but I, I, I marked out a little bit when this happened in last year's Royal Rumble, 2016 Royal Rumble at number three. And finally, AJ Styles walked out the ramp and was up on WWE television. And we, it's obvious what he's done in just over a year. Um, with the company uh, he's probably the best wrestler in the world right now and so aj styles debuting at last year's royal rumble is my number five nice one that didn't make my list i'm jealous i kind of wanted to put it on there but i i i went a little more old school with my list and my number five december 18th 1995 tony on an on okay. a on a on a Nitro, WCW Nitro, back in the day where we knew there were two parallel worlds, but they hardly ever crossed over. Then, a WWF title holder shows up. Oh, good one! Medusa. Yes! Medusa shows up with the WWF Women's Championship basically takes it, drops it in the trash on live WCW TV and says that belt is worthless. I, I'm here to to play where the big girls play. And yep. thus one of the most defining moments in in the Monday Nitro Wars. Or the, no the doubt. Wrestling yeah. Wars. No, yeah. great one. Great one. I don't how did I miss that one? That is that's that's great. That's a good one. And something, if you're not familiar with it, everybody should go back and look at it. And then, of course, when she was uh, uh, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, she brought that title back. And I think she 
had it in a trap and took it out of the trash can right. and said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, I'm taking this out of the trash can and putting it back where it belongs, you know, mm-hmm. you know, up on the pedestal back where it belongs or whatever, you know, something like that. Um, really cool. When when you My, said, when, when you said you only had one girl on your list, I knew I had you on that one. Yeah, I I I can't believe I missed it. But again, it's working out. It's working out. This is the first time that we haven't had any uh, to this point any uh, uh, um, crossovers. Any oh, of the same picks. I'm sure that's um, about to end soon. I'm sure that will end soon too. Yeah, but um, my number four uh, is this. This is this is the one exception to my um, my rule that this person had to have been a known commodity that made an impact you know, that, you know, that because this person we hadn't seen, nobody had ever seen prior to this moment, but it was built up. And that is the debut of Kane. When he mm. came out and a pay-per-view, I think it was an in your house pay-per-view or something like that. It wasn't one of the big ones. And uh, ripped the door off the cage to get after his brother, the Undertaker, and Vince McMahon. And I think what was his last year, and maybe his last pay per view, but his last year of 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 being one of the announcers, is screaming, "That's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane! Kane is here!" Um, and, and I'm in St. Louis, you know, uh, people that know us, uh, know that I, I'm in St. Louis. I'm, I'm on the radio here in St. Louis and that happened in St. Louis at the Scott trade center. So, um, it gets a little extra points for me. So Kane debuting is my number four. Ooh, that's a good one. Once again, I didn't put that on my list. Nice. But, I like how this is working out. But what made my list was. One pay-per-view in 1999, Valentine's Day Massacre, where you saw the main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin battle his nemesis, Mr. McMahon, inside a steel cage. Nothing out of the ordinary happened till all of a sudden, the bottom of the ring started moving and out pops the big show. I am... I, this... My mind is blown right now because that one I, that one was in my notes, it didn't get put on my list. But it's like we're it's like we're creating the perfect top twenty list mm-hmm. because we're not crossing over at all. That's a great one. That is a great one. And and if you remember, he takes Stone Cold, throws him into the stone cage, breaks it down, thus making Stone Cold win because he fell off the cage onto the ground. Yep, and his two feet touch the ground on the outside of the cage, mm-hmm. and he wins. Um, and in simple, something that has uh, similarities between our two number fours, for people that maybe didn't watch wrestling 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, well, not 20, 15, uh, people that don't realize how big of a deal Kane and the Big Show were, mm-hmm. they both... They both have sort of become jobbers, or you know, not not nearly as big of a deal um, lately, recently, in recent years. But there was a period of time when Kane was the 
baddest dude on the I mean planet. He was one of the most destructive, unbeatable uh, wrestlers in the world. And the Big Show wasn't just a gimmick. He was legit. He was a legit, unstoppable monster. Mm. And for him to uh, suddenly appear on WWE television was a big deal. From the bottom of the ring. He popped up in the middle of the ring. Yeah, right, right. Awesome. And was was the the newest Mr. McMahon henchman, Mm -hmm. which was perfect. Yep. All right, now we are into the top three, and these, my top three, really, you could put them in a hat and pull them out in any order you wanted to. They could all be number one, as far as I'm concerned. But they, but you had, you had to put them on, you had to rank them somehow. So this is how I did it. Number three, the Outsiders show up on Nitro, June 1996. Hall and Nash walk up, interrupt the broadcast, go right to the broadcast table, get on television, start talking trash. Nobody realizes that they don't belong there. What are Diesel and Razor Ramon doing on Nitro? Is the WWE screwing with Nitro? Like, what is happening? This is amazing. And the beginning of the Monday Night War and the beginning of probably the coolest era that wrestling's ever seen and it starts right there june 96 when the outsiders invaded nitro nice nice i like that one if if that one's not on your list we got problems uh you know what i'm gonna say no wow all right We'll see but, how it goes. But my number three, uh, the night after WrestleMania, AJ Lee successfully the title against, you know, what was then the women's championship page. Finally! Finally! So that was. So you my, had that all the way up at number three. I like it. I, I did. like it. So I, that had impact on you. It did. It was, it was a really cool moment because her music hit. Nobody knew who it was. Right. And she came out and, you know, small packaged her way to a championship. Yeah, not many, not many wrestlers, male or female, win a world title on their very first day in the, you know, in the company. And that's why Her, I put that so high up. Yeah. Oh, great one. Yeah, I mean, I, no argument for me. All right, number two for me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this one is way more for its entertainment value and the legend that it has become, not the actual moment itself. And that is in 1993, in preparation for a Clash of the Champions. Oh. You went there. <laughs> you Did you really go there? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> I thought you might groan. I thought you might roll your eyes at this one. I have to. Hey, listen, this is one of the big, this is one of the most legendary moments in wrestling history, like it or not. And I'm putting it at number two, the shock master, the shock master, baby. Mr. Now, Tugboat. you got to remember. You gotta remember, this was, and this is the other exception to my rule because I didn't in '93. I did not see this. 
I was watching wrestling back then, but I don't I don't think I saw this live. I don't remember seeing it live. But it's it's one of the funniest moments in wrestling history. It's one of the most legendary moments in wrestling history. And at the time, you're talking about a guy this this person that they're unveiling is joining a team of Dustin Rhodes, Davy Boy Smith, and freaking Sting to to be in the main event at Clash of the Champions. It's this must be a huge deal. And here comes this guy with a glitter painted stormtrooper mask falling on his ass. As he breaks through the wall, and you can hear Ric Flair groaning in the background as it happens, and Sting trying and not then, to laugh, and then the terrible, and then the terrible voiceover as he as he tries to his mask falls, the helmet falls off, and he sticks it back on his head. There's a there's a thing. This is I I encourage you, Dennis, and everybody else to look this up. Not not the moment. I, I, if you haven't seen the moment, you you don't know what you're missing. You gotta go see it. Touch point. But on one of the episodes of WWE Countdown, their their countdown show on on the network, they do. Uh, it's either it may it might be debuts. It's either debuts or fails or something. Whatever. The Shockmaster moment is on there, and Dean Ambrose does a impression of. Dusty Rhodes, because Dusty Rhodes is the one who created the Shockmaster. He was the one that told him to find a mask and put and do something. To, he didn't specifically say put glitter on a Stormtrooper mask, but he said, you know, find a mask, do something to it, stick it on his head. We're going to call him Shockmaster. He's going to bust through the wall. It was all a Dusty Rhodes creation idea. And <laughs> Dean Ambrose does an impression of Dusty Rhodes <laughs> explaining how the Shockmaster should debut, but in the terms of like you bust through the wall, you fall on your ass, we all laugh. It's hilarious. The the Dean Ambrose impression of Dusty Rhodes is freaking hilarious. It makes me laugh out loud every time I see it. Um, and yeah, it like it or not, it's one of the most memorable debuts in wrestling history. So it belongs on this list. I'm done. <laughs> that, and also, you can watch Tosh.0, too, and they did a, a web redemption for that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. That's great. I'll have to check that out. Well, probably my most recent one on this list. Well, 2010, I guess, but uh, April 16, 2007, The Miracle in Italy. Oh, the Milan Miracle. The, yeah. That's right. One unknown man sitting sitting in the middle of the audience where Mr. McMahon picked him to challenge Umanga for the Intercontinental Championship in uh, Mulan, Italy, uh, April 16, 2007. And, uh, you know, comes out, picks this guy, takes off his shirt, goes to work. In the middle of it, Mr. McMahon stops the match and declares a no-holds-barge where Umanga and his manager, uh, Strada at the time, just beat him up. And out comes Bobby Lashley. Back when he was, you know, Bobby Lashley, I guess. Yeah, when he was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, basically beats up Umanga, puts an puts an unconscious Santino Morella on top of him to win the Intercontinental Championship. To me, that was an amazing debut because I thought it was real. 
Oh yeah, I, that's I, awesome. I thought it was and real. They, and they they painted out. They did a great job of making it look real. They did. I I remember watching, going, "This guy's not going to stand a chance." What What are they doing? You know, like in my mind, maybe he won a contest or something. You know, right? And and. No, oh, okay. They're just gonna put him in there, like, squash him, and call it a day. And he wins the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, yeah. No, great one, Santino Morella. He gets a bad rap. Santino Morella is hilarious. I always enjoyed his. Se- now, did sometimes it get a little over the top, lasted a little too long, and the joke went on a little too long sometimes with some of his gimmicks or whatever. Sure, but there's been way bigger comedy crimes in wrestling over the years than a couple Santino Morella uh, segments that went on a little too long. Mm-hmm. He he was great. He was hilarious and he was he was great. He was great at what he did. I I love that guy. Mm. What's your number one? My number one was uh, a day in August of 1999, there was a countdown clock. <laughs> I, I literally, I had to, I had to sandbag. I had to be quiet. I almost fell out of the chair I'm sitting in when you had Chris Jericho's debut at number ten. I have it at number freaking one. I but I understand you you when you explained it it made sense because you said you didn't see it. I saw it live uh-huh. and I was already a huge Chris Jericho fan from the WWE. And this was before dirt sheets like like learning more like looking back and learning more um I realized that some of the hardcore fans back then like knew it was coming like didn't know didn't know for sure that the countdown clock didn't know for sure that it was happening at that moment but but they knew that chris jericho was signed to the wwe or wwf and he was coming over and it was only a matter of time and i i didn't know that i i didn't i wasn't that into it except for that i just watched the show i watched nitro and what we watched that my friends and i we would watch nitro live my and I would have my little brother tape raw, and then we would watch Nitro live at my buddy's house, who lived real close to my house. And then I would go home and grab the raw videotape, bring it back, and we would all watch raw. And so we would watch both shows every Monday night. So I was a huge fan of of both of both brands, and huge fan of Chris Jericho. And when that clock stopped, it and the lights went off, and they it, there was just a long enough pause, like the lights are off and it's dark and silent, and then the huge explosion of fireworks, and then Jericho's song, and then Jericho is standing on the ramp, and then he delivers one of the most hilarious promos of all time. I I jumped. I jumped out of my seat when I saw Chris Jericho on Raw. And I just, that I have always thought that that was the best debut I've ever seen. So I, it was, I had to, when we decided to do this list, 
I was working backwards from Jericho the whole time. Jericho and, and, and the Outsiders on Nitro, I, I could make a case in my head to put the to make Hall and Nash number one, but it was Jericho. It was always Jericho for me at number one. I, I See, I'm going to go opposite because I was a WCW guy, and I remember the, the ramping up for Jericho versus Goldberg. And I used to get the WCW magazine. And one of the last ep- issues I ever got was Jericho pinned this little thing in the back of it. It, it. I, you know, it was a little. I'm coming. You know, Goldberg's afraid of me and all this stuff. And then, boom, he's gone, never to be seen again. And mm-hmm. and and one Tuesday, I heard it from a buddy. Hey, you missed it. You know, so <laughs> so to me. What your greatest moment was one of my loneliest, and I and I regret missing out because <laughs> I, it makes sense. It, it makes sense that if you didn't see it and you didn't experience it, yeah, I I watched it live and it made an impact on me. Like few things have. Like I, you don't get that. You don't get that 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 honest surprise. And that really, uh, that genuine thrill in wrestling very often. And I definitely got it that day. And I I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was just perfectly done. I, and I had no idea what the count clock was. I had no clues at Jericho. I had no clues for Jericho. And, you know, and that went on for weeks. And, God, it was just so freaking cool. So I, that's I re- my number one. I remember, Take us home with your number one. I, let me just say this. I watched during the Save Us time, and that wasn't quite the same, but it was still pretty cool. But I, I think at a close two for Chris Jericho moments, and we could probably do a top ten Chris Jericho moment list all by itself, yeah, and maybe no we kidding. should, but was the Royal Rumble return, which that may be the biggest pop I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you know what? Best one list we should do soon is certainly best returns. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. For sure. Yeah, because that would be that would be on there, and there would be some other really really great ones. And the Royal Rumble would be on that list a whole bunch too. <laughs> oh, yeah, easily. My number one, and I scoff at you, Tony, because it's amateur hour with you when you talk about the outsiders appearing on Monday Nitro. Why don't we reverse it back to where it was just Scott Hall showing up for the first few weeks, sitting in the crowd, and then he grabs a mic and he says the epic, the 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 first missile in the Monday Night Wars. You want a war? You got one. Scott Hall, like all by himself. Look, look, you know, Kevin Nash shows up weeks later. Cool. That's a great moment. But Scott Hall, all by himself, showing up for the first few weeks, like, what is what is he doing here? Before, mm-hmm. before you get Kevin Nash. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't have the outsider showing up on my list, but I did have Scott Hall in 1996 showing up on Monday Nitro in such a scandalous way. It, it, he was the linchpin for what we know. That one moment in time on camera it was was what we know what what grew in the monday night wars and everything we know today from that one moment him i no argument whatsoever 
That's a great one. That's a great one. And yeah, you know what? Maybe I should amend my number three to that moment because technically that was the beginning of it all. So that's a good point. You make a great point. I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue with you, but I can't believe you didn't put the Shockmaster on your list. I, I wanted to, and I actually watched the video twice while putting the, my list together. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. All right, so what I like to do at the end of these, Tony, is there anything, after hearing my list, after hearing your list, any any amendments, any moves you would make in retrospect, one that I got yeah. you didn't? Yeah, I for sure would make room for Medusa. Um that was that one I can't believe I didn't I didn't get. That's a that's one for sure. That I you know, I could dump, you know, my first one, I could dump Joe uh easily. Um or maybe even uh or maybe even Kevin Owens. Uh probably just Joe. And maybe shuffle the deck a little bit more and, and put Medusa, you know, somewhere in the middle of that list because that was a really good one. I, I like that one a lot. I think in retrospect, I probably could have taken the Nexus attacking CM Punk and John Cena off, and, and I could have found room for, for, man, uh, the Finn Balor one was a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I I went back and forth because I still felt like there there should have been a a way to put the Undertaker on this list. But you're kind of right. He was unknown, but, man, he was a mystery guy, and he popped in, and it was, you know, buzz in the air right away. And and I maybe, in retrospect, am kicking myself or not, but under the guidelines I think we both kind of put together, you know. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew back then. I mean, the under, he was impressive. He was, he was cool looking, and he was huge. But... You know, it was a it was a gimmick that I don't think anybody knew for sure whether it was gonna get over or be anything. And it wasn't like it wasn't like when he walked in, the place went crazy. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Nobody knew who the Undertaker was, and they didn't care. You know, um, and it you know it wasn't. It took time for that character to develop into the legend that it is. Um, I tried to keep this to like moments where p- people showed up and you were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, you know, it's easy to say, cause the other one I thought of was the shield, mm. you know, when the shield came out and, um, interrupted raw. And I think it was Ryback or, or somebody that was in the, you know, that they just destroyed. Um, I thought about that one, but again, that was more confusion. And then what they went on to become was was awesome. But at the at the moment, it didn't it didn't have this big impact. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe these guys are here. Um, so that's why I didn't put them on the list. But that was the shield was definitely something that I that I thought about that I that I contemplated but um but just didn't it just didn't fit the way that i wanted this list to go all right tony send us home all right follow me on twitter at tony colombo 971 please uh let us know what you think about our list what we get right what we get wrong um also you can listen to all of the episodes of smack talk live our weekly reviews our other countdown lists 
on the website I mentioned earlier. I am a radio host in St. Louis, and you can go to uh, our website, my radio station's website. We put all the episodes of Smack Talk live there. The website is 971talk.com slash Columbo, my last name, 971talk.com slash Columbo. Get all the episodes there. And Dennis, tell them how to follow you and where else they can catch this fine program. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell. Uh, Facebook me, Dennis Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. You can go to Smack Talk Live on our Facebook page where we only have like four followers because it's brand new. So go follow, be a fan, enjoy, help grow the culture of, look, you know, we're all right. You know, we can make it. That, that, that's kind of what we're going for. And uh, VOC Nation is a podcast network that we're also on. Really huge. couple uh, former wrestlers have podcasts on this little thing. And uh, you want to go check them out. Trust me. And uh, we'll have an announce, another announcement a little bit later. But uh, we're, we're teasing a few things on this show. So, Tony, that's, uh, that's our 10s this week. Look, look for us. We're going to have our uh, Ron Smackdown previews and not to date the podcast, but we're going to have our Elimination Chamber preview show and review show also. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, all coming uh, in a matter of days. So wherever you're listening to us at, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode, and keep your eyes open for another episode because we'll have one uh, very shortly for you. So everybody, uh, for Dennis Farrell, I'm Tony Colombo. Thanks for listening to another episode of Smack Talk Live. We'll see you soon.